Hello friends, welcome to Exploring the Scriptures with Springdale Baptist Church. This week, Brother Stacy explores the dangers of allowing feelings to dictate our service for the Lord. Now here's Brother Stacy with the message. One of the most dangerous questions we could ask is how do you feel? How do you feel? Not that it's not important, not that it's not meaningful, and not that it doesn't uh, make an Im- have an impact on people's lives and, and, and the, way, uh, the way they view other things, but so many times we think about feelings, feelings more so than the substance of God's grace and what He's done for us. And as we look at feelings and we ask the question, how do you feel? I want to try to tell a story that sort of, I don't know, maybe it outlines some of our lives, maybe when we think about uh, how we feel. There was, a, there was a granddaddy. He was sitting on his front porch, and uh, this, you can imagine this was from days gone by. His grandson was sitting there with him, and there are just dogs everywhere, just dogs laying around. And I, I come from a family. We, uh, we love dogs. We've had them ever since way before I was born. My family uh, had hunting dogs and things like that. And so um, the granddaddy and the grandson are sitting there, and they see a dog just... I mean, he's tearing out across the front yard. He gets into the field across the road, and he is just running. He's barking. He's just, you can imagine, just just screaming his head off. He's just going crazy, running after this rabbit. And so all the other dogs, some of them up under the porch, some of them sitting out in the front yard, all the other dogs, they hear him, and what's natural to them? Well, like a dog does, they get excited. They get all excited and they get ready to run. And here's what they do. They tear off behind that other one. And they're barking. They're probably, by this time, they're louder than even that one that's running the rabbit. So they they get across the field. And as they begin running, all of them come back. And the grandson looks at the granddad and he says, what happens now? Granddaddy says, I'll tell you what happens. He said, in about 10 minutes, he said, them 10 dogs that were laying up here around us are going to come back with their, with their, with their tails, tails down and their tongues wagging and breathing hard. And he said, and in about 10 minutes after that, he said, one's going to come back. And he said, he's going to have a rabbit in his mouth. And the grandson looked at the granddaddy and he said, well, which one's coming back with the rabbit? He said, the one that saw the rabbit. See, the rest of them were reacting with emotion to what they heard. They heard and seen a dog out in the distance running, and they decided they'd go too, and they were barking just like him. But there's a difference there. There's one that saw him. As we relate this story to the Christian life, I want you to turn in your Bible to Colossians chapter number 1. As we think about what God would say to us about the question, how do you feel? We find that sometimes our feelings are just get so wrapped up in right now that we fail to cross-reference our emotions and our feelings with the Word of God. And what he's trying to say to us. So Paul gives us kind of a a reality check here about life. And he does so, if you'll look in Colossians 1, verse number 24, we'll read a few verses here. And I, you may think this, 
Brother Stacy, it's just not full of encouragement today. Well, it's full of truth today. It's full of truth today. Even when we try to be encouraging, I hope it's true. I hope it's truthful. If it comes from the Word of God, we can't help but for it to be true. So look at verse 24 with me. Colossians 1, verse number 24. Colossians 1, verse 24. I now rejoice. Listen to this. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of the body which is the church. For the sake of His body which is the church of which I became minister according to the stewardship from God which was given to me for you the, uh, to uh, fulfill the word of God. The mystery which has been hidden from ages, from generations and now has been revealed to His saints. To them, God, uh, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may pr- uh, present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor, striving according to His work, which works in me mightily. His work, which works in me mightily. So as we look at this and we think about, uh, we think about what it's like to serve God. Paul, Paul, everything he writes is with a backdrop of being sold out to Christ. Being sold out to God, having His mission be what the Great Commission said, to go to teach, to baptize, and to disciple. That's his mission. That's what he, that's what he desires to do. He, he does it in many different ways, but as he writes back to this church at Colossae, he sees here and, and he, he understands that they are going to be going through some troubled times. They're going to be going through some suffering, and that's what he says. He says, I now rejoice in my suffering." I now rejoice in my suffering. The first thing I want to say to you, there are some statements from excited people. There are some statements from some of the dogs up under the porch and around in the front yard that's watching the one go out and run. There are some statements from some excited people who really need to be excited about God's working in their life. Not excited because everything's going good. Not excited because everything's working out, falling into place. But they're excited because God's word has given them the backdrop of truth and service that they're to do. So here's some statements from excited people. I'll work for God. Listen to this. I'll work for God as long as it feels good. Anybody ever been there? We, I ain't got a truthful one in, in here among us. That nobody raised a hand on that. And I'll work for God as long as it feels good. Well, Paul was probably dealing with some people in Colossae that had worked hard, had done good work, had done great things, just, just like many of his other letters. John, Jesus Christ wrote through John in the book of Revelation to the seven churches in Asia Minor, some good things that the churches had done. Only a couple of them didn't have any good stuff they had done, but most of them had done some good things. And he encourages them about those good things. But here's what he says. He says, you need to keep it up. 
you need to keep going because there's going to come a time when it does not feel good to serve God, but He's still the same God on the throne. Amen? He's still a good God. Even though sometimes it doesn't feel good. Sometimes life just doesn't, is not wrapped up like we think it ought to in a pretty bow put on it. He's still good. He's still working out things for us. And, and here's what I thought about when I think about this verse here. Paul said, I rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of His body, which is the church. In other words, Paul is saying, I am giving myself up for the church. Now, how many of us would say we're giving ourselves up for the church? How many of us would say we're giving ourselves up? For... Now, here's when I say the church, here's what I'm talking about. Of course, we're talking about the church's members, the people in the church. You should, without reservation, give yourself up serving and loving and caring for, bearing the burdens of the people who are in the pew beside you this morning. You should love them. You should care for them. You should take a hold of their concerns and make them your own. Listen, You see, that's what family does. That's what family does. And you and I are supposed to care about each other. And when I think about that, here's what I know. It costs us something. It may cost us time. It may cost us emotional energy. It may cost us gas money. It may cost us what it takes to fix some food and, and, and to help somebody out. It may take us sacrificing in some area of our own personal life to see that somebody else has got what they need. Listen, if it does not cost you anything, it is not worth anything. Amen? Alright, I'm going to need everybody to wake up for a minute, okay? We, we, we're getting ready to go now. If it does not cost you something, it's not worth anything. And if it's not worth anything, then you're going to keep it to yourself. If it's not worth anything, you're not going to share it. Well, let me say to you, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, it is the hope of all eternity. It's not just a slogan that our church talks about from week to week. It is what drives us because we know without the gospel, without the, the, the shedding of blood that Jesus Christ gave, without Him, I'm telling you, we don't have any hope in eternity. None whatsoever. If we die outside of Jesus Christ, we will bust hell wide open. It costs Him everything, yet I see that we're not willing to pay anything. We're not willing to spend our lives. We're not willing to spend our energy. We're not willing to step outside of our little box and just be what God would have us to be, church family. It will cost you something. But it will never cost you as much as it costs God to send His Son. Never. You'll never outgive God. You'll never outdo Him. Verse 25 says this. Let's move on. In verse number 25 it says, Of which I became minister according to the stewardship from God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Now, 
here's something that I want you to see, something I want you to realize and recognize. The second thing, we say I'll work for God as long as I feel like it, as long as it feels good. Second thing, I'll give to God as long as I've got enough for myself. I'll give to God as long as I've got enough for myself. Now, we talked about the gospel message. We talked about the, it's the greatest story ever told, and so it's worth giving. It's worth sharing. It's, if you've got it, it's worth telling somebody else about it. So that's the gospel. But I want you to see the golden mirror. You say, what in the world are you talking about? Well, I'm glad you asked. The golden mirror is this. What you give, what you give. Now, I know we got some that are that are faith, that faithfully give and, and they tithe. They understand that a tenth, a tithe is holy unto the Lord, that that's what God requires of us and everything. So, uh, so, so they give and for you, thank God, you, you keep on. You keep on going. If we're not giving, I want you to understand something about giving. Giving reflects. Giving reflects the image of God in your life. Giving reflects what place you've put God in in your life. It absolutely does. If we give a little, chances are it'll be reflected in our actions, in our life, and in, in how we, we deal with the church, and how we love others, and how we care about other people. How, do, do, do we neglect where there's needs? You say, well, we can't meet every need. Well, the Lord knows that. God knows you can't meet every need. But we'll be neglectful when we choose not to give. And I want you to think about it. There's two, two thoughts here. Two ships that we need to sail on this morning for a minute or two. One of them is ownership. One of them is ownership. It's not mentioned here, but I feel like you need to know what it's like to think about ownership. Ownership is something that belongs totally to you. Something that you have. Something that you've paid for, something that you uh, can call your own. That's what the, where the word comes, my own, is from ownership. But the second thing, and here's what Paul talked about here when he talks to the church. He's talking about the stewardship of the church. What that means is where we own something, that's ownership. Stewardship, we're managing something for somebody else. Somebody else owns it. It belongs to somebody else, but they're letting us use it for a short time. I remember I, I was I was a much younger man, and a friend of mine had had bought a car. He had bought a car, and this car, man, it was fine. It was sharp. It, it was it was it was a Corvette. It was maroon. It had a six speed transmission. It it was. It was, listen, if you just wanted a car, this was the car you wanted. This was the one you wanted to drive around, you wanted to be in. And whenever you drove around it, people would just kind of look at you. And, and, and my friend let me use that car. He let me use it one time. And so I was steward for a minute, if you'll, if you'll kind of take that. I was steward of that car, but here's what I knew. If I messed it up, I was in some kind of trouble. I'm talking about bad trouble if I were to mess that car up because I was taking care of that car short period of time don't worry short period of time I was taking care of that car for him 
It was about stewardship. It was about managing that asset for Him. Well, God has made us stewards over everything He's given us that, that applies to the church. God has left us to be stewards. In other words, whatever it is that you give, whatever talent you possess, whatever time you have, all the things that you can think of that will help promote the glory of God in somebody's life, God said, I've made you a steward over that. I've made you stewards. So stewardship means that we get to use it it's not necessarily our own, but we, uh, we get for a short time to use it. Now, let, let's, just, let's just take giving. We're talking about giving. We're thinking about giving for a minute or two. As we look at giving, understand that 100% of it is owned by God. If you're a child of God and you love Him and, and you've committed your life to Him, then you know that 100% of it's His. That he's blessed you with it. He's given you breath in your lungs to help you wake up and go to a job and go do something. He's given you a, a mind to be able to think clearly enough to, to, to put things together. And, and uh, you know, whatever he's given you the ability to do, you're steward of those blessings. And all he asks for is a tithe or a tenth. A tenth. That's all he asks for. As we look at the golden mirror, what God is asking us to give is way, way, way less than God allows us to keep. Do y'all see that? Now think about this. A steward, a stewardess, so you think, about, think about it in these terms, a stewardess on a plane. She doesn't own the plane, but she manages the people in the plane. She manages those that are there, and she manages what happens. Uh, she manages uh, escape routes should something bad happen. She manages all those things about the plane, but it's not hers. But if she does a good job, then she's blessed even more. She, gets, she makes more money. If you at your job, you do a good job, eventually you get a raise. You, you, you make more. Just by being there a certain amount of time, usually there is a raise that's given. And so being stewards of what God has put us uh, over, God said, will you spend it the right way? Will you use it the right way? Will it uplift and glorify God? Will it help people grow in their faith and in their knowledge of the Lord? Will it help people do that? So He's made us stewards. But the good news is we get to keep it. We get to keep it, and the 10% we get to give, my, He blesses in so many different ways. He blesses on the other end of it so much, so, so many things we won't ever get to see. I think about this, and the ladies are going to be talking to us next Sunday morning, just, just briefly, uh, by, kind of by way of announcement about Operation Christmas Child and how we're going to do that. Imagine getting a gift that contains the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it's wrapped up in some toys and some coloring books and some hygiene products and things like that. My, what a wonderful, wonderful tool it is to be sure that they get the gospel. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen without you giving. Nor does our Philippine brethren that are planting churches and seeing that people are saved 
over in that country, nor in Tarrytown, Louisiana, where, where we, are, we are giving toward, uh, toward a mission to the homeless people and uh, all the different ministries, uh, the, the cooperative program of the Southern Baptist Convention, missionaries that we don't know their name, we don't see their faces. Some of them it's not even safe for us to know their name or see their faces. But God knows them and sees what they're doing for the glory of God, for the uplifting of the name of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, when you get to heaven, because you gave, there are going to be people there that would not have been there if you hadn't given, if you hadn't trusted the Lord with that gift, with that gift. That's just part of what our church does. How do you give? How are you stewards of what God would give you? Here's the third thing. First two, I'll work for God as long as it feels good. The second one, I'll give to God as long as I have enough. And the third one is this, I'll go for God as long as it's popular. As long as it's popular. I'll say this because we had people, uh, uh, people represented on both sides. I thought it was such a blessing last night to see both Ripley and Pine Grove as they gathered around the center court and the place went completely silent. And they recited the Lord's Prayer they, straight from Scripture, straight from the Word of God. All those got together and they prayed uh, together. Now that, that doesn't say everybody on every side is doing exactly what God would have them to do. It's not saying any of that, but I'm telling you, they gave place to the Lord in what they were doing. And that was such a blessing for me to see. It's growing increasingly less popular. to make your beliefs known in this world. Increasingly less popular. You are going to be chastised, criticized. You're going to be, uh, listen, it is going to be a hurtful thing for you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to remind you of something right here. I want you, I want you, to, I want you to stay with me for a minute and go back to verse 24 where Paul said this. He said, I now rejoice. In my sufferings. And I rejoice in my sufferings. James said something a whole lot like it. He said, he said, consider it all joy when you fall into many different trials or many different temptations. He said, consider that joy when that happens to you. Well, listen, as a child of God, consider it joy. Consider it joy when people run you down because of your faith, when people make fun of you because of your stances for the Lord, when you take a stand, when you step out, and you do what God has boldly asked you to do, don't expect everything to work out perfect. Don't expect everything to be sunshine and roses. Expect there to be some tough times ahead. Expect there to be some opposition. If you're speaking for God, then I'm telling you, the devil is going to go full-fledged against you. But not only that, we give the devil too much credit. Most of the time, this unsaved flesh, some of it's yours. Your soul and your spirit are saved. If you're a child of God, if you've trusted Jesus Christ and called on Him, your soul and your spirit saved, but this flesh is dying, it's decaying. 
day in and day out. And so is the flesh of other people around us. And sometimes the flesh just rules the mind to a place where people are going to come in opposition to you. I'm telling you, stay strong. And here's how Paul said to do it. I want you to look with me in verse number, um, verse number 28. He said, he said um, Him we preach, warning every man. Warning every man. Now think about this. There's three things that he does here. He said, I'm going to preach, and I'm going to teach, and I'm going to work. I want you to think about those three things here that Paul's telling them. Uh, in, in, in Colossians, he says, I'm going to preach. He said, warning them, warning them. Listen to me. If my preaching does not warn you of the judgment of sin, then I'm not doing my job. I'm not doing what I ought to be doing. If my preaching does not tell you the truth about God, yes, he is loving, but yes, he is holy. Yes, he is compassionate, but yes, he is righteous. Yes, He is caring, but yes, He is the judge. And if we don't tell the truth about that, here's what He said. He said, I'm preaching. He said, it's Him. He's talking about Jesus. He said, Him we preach, warning every man. Warning you that, like He said in Romans 6.23, that the wages of sin is death. And reminding all of us of who we are, Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. So to preach means that we are warning people that God's judgment is real. He said this, he said, teach them. Look at this. He said, teaching every man in all wisdom. Here's what we want to do. We want to prepare you. We want to teach you. Most, uh, in, in everything we do, there's, there's a lot of preaching that goes along with teaching many times. But on Wednesday nights, we get a lot of teaching that we just, we just take Scripture, we take the Word, and we, we break it down, we dive into it, and it takes us a while to get through it. And so we, we teach the Word of God. Why? Because we want people to act with the Word of God in their mind. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. When we're confronted with something... And because God's word is so relevant in our lives, we know what to, how to respond. We know how to act. And so that's what wisdom is. That's what wisdom does. It teaches us to react God's way in all circumstances. So preaching, warning, teaching, wisdom. And here's what he said to do. Some of you may love this. Some of you may not like it all that much. He said, to this end, I also labor Striving according to His working, which works in me mightily. If God's given you strength, God's given you breath, God has given you ability, God's given you talent, God has gifted you, God's given you spiritual gifts along with physical gifts, then you know what you ought to be doing? You ought to be working. You ought to be working. If you've got the ability. To work, then my friend, you ought to be working. I don't apologize for saying that. I know that may not be popular in some places to say, but I believe it is maybe here this morning. But whether it is or not, it's the truth. He says, I'm laboring. 
He said striving, that means pushing forward, pushing toward it, even through opposition. Striving means that you're pushing on to get better, to do more according to His working, which works in me mightily. So here's what Paul's saying. He's saying, I'm working because God has worked in me. And the work I do is because God allows me to do that work. You and I have no less responsibility but to get up and go to work. Go to work making a living. The Bible tells us that a man that won't work ought not to eat. Go to work and make a living. But let's put it in the context of the church. Listen, there's a lot of jobs to be done and we need a lot of people doing those jobs. Go to work in the church. I don't know of any more important job you can do outside of working in your family, working to make them a living. Work in God's kingdom. Not just in the church. Now, God's, the church is part of God's kingdom But God's kingdom is this. We want to see the gospel spread to every creature. That's the way Mark put the Great Commission. Every creature. Because the way Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he said, if any man will be in Christ, he's a new creature. As we look at the world around us, we see, uh, we think all this is new. We think all the trouble we see, all the heartache we see. We think all that's new. No, it's just the same old rebellious thing that we've had year after year after year, generation after generation. When they came out of the wilderness in Moses' day, they started murmuring and complaining. They had been brought out, they had been liberated, they had been freed, and they started fussing at the one that freed them. Because they had three meals there back in slavery. No. This is the same old discouraging story we've heard time and time and time again. And you know what makes it worse? It's because the church has not stood up. The church has not stood up and say, uh, to say, if any man would be in Christ. He's a new creature. You know what fixes things? When he becomes a new creature. You know what will fix the way he talks? It's when he becomes a new creature. You know what will fix the way she walks? It's when she becomes a new creature. You know what will fix the things that are lacking? He said in the afflictions of Christ. But think about the church. What things are lacking? is when we have new creatures who have been saved, who have given their heart and life over to God, they have just said, Lord, I will work for you. He said we preach warning them, we teach giving them wisdom, and we labor because the work works. I've never done anything for God that I'm ashamed of. I've never done anything for God that I regret. I've never spent any time ministering to somebody that I wish I'd been somewhere else spending time doing some other things. I'll go for God as long as it's 
popular. These are some statements of excited people. Revived people. These are some statements of emotional people that, that have failed to be rooted and founded in God's Word. Paul said, now I rejoice in my affliction. When we've decided that it doesn't matter how I feel, I'm still going to do the right thing. Then we're going to grow. When we decide, what, let's just think about this for a minute. I'm about to close. Y'all have heard that before, haven't you? But I am. What if you got up in the morning and kids will go to school, but what if you got up in the morning and said, I just don't feel like going? What if you got up in the morning and you've got a job, thank the Lord you can get a job and find a job and keep a job. What if, you, what if you've got a job and you decide, well, I, I don't really feel like going today. I don't really feel like going. Let me ask you this. What kind of witness are you if when you work, you only feel like working? Or if you go, you only feel like going? What if you show up for church only when you feel like showing up for church? By the way, that's getting more and more common today. When people show up just when they feel like showing up. Let me give you something that will help you and then we're going to pray. What if Jesus turned to God and said, I don't feel like going to the cross today? What if Jesus in Gethsemane, and as a matter of fact, He did pray. He said, Lord, if there be any way, let this cup pass from me. He said, but nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but Thy will be done. What if Jesus would have said to God, I just don't feel like dying today. What if everything we, everything we do is run through the filter of whether or not we feel like it? I'm afraid churches everywhere would be empty. They'd be helpless. And because they were empty and helpless, the missions they support would be empty and helpless. The ministries that they're supposed to be doing would be empty and helpless. And everything that they put their hands to do for the kingdom of God would fall to somebody else. Well, I want to say this to you, and then we'll close. You are somebody else. You are. Plan A, and there is no plan B. You're it. You're it. Whether we feel like it or not, church, we need to serve the Lord today. Let's pray. God, we thank you.
Lord, that because of a real relationship with you and, and peace that passes all understanding, God, we can serve through dark days. We can keep working, Lord, through tough times. God, we can still lean on the promise that you're working out all things for our good. For them who are called according to your purpose. Lord, I pray, God, you will ignite in your people a fire to serve you, to do for you where they've always done for themselves. God, now you take this time, Lord. You know what you want to accomplish in it through this message. And Lord, I pray. God, you'd enlighten and move on our hearts. Make our church what you want it to be.